You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The College Loop Podcast, episode 72. Sorry, something just flickered on my screen for a little bit. Episode 72 of The College Loop Podcast, full house yet again. And let's start off with of a tar because he just had to wake up tar how you doing buddy hey man i'm good just had to bump a little kendrick putting in a lot of hours at work right this week right now with the uh, with the making bacon but you know what we're, we're having a great season the guys aren't but we're where the vibes are high the boys are <laughs> one and four so the vibes there are probably low in the locker room but my vibes i'm bringing a lot to the table i let my interns pick out my headgear today they went with just the headband uh so we're, we're having a lot of fun with it they're listeners some of them are listeners to loop now actually by the way not making that up uh so that's super super cool and uh yeah now we're doing great daniel how you doing man I'm doing real, real good. Um, went out, played around to golf today, shot low. Um, just enjoying another summer day here in the Northeast. Uh, so excited to get into the loop, man. Daniel, quick question. Are you guys affected by any of the, like, wildfire smoke right now? Uh, no. No, okay. we're far enough away. Far enough away. Okay, I didn't know. That's that, that's just crazy, man. That's nuts. Anyways. You see, that's why when you're the New York Yankees and you oh contaminate God. the state of New York, it's it hard, man. No, let's talk Auburn ball. Let's talk Auburn football, baby. And again, we're going to start with a little discussion talking about would a nine-game conference schedule benefit Auburn as a whole? And I'll start off with start off with Daniel. Sure. Uh, thank you for starting off with me. Um, it's always good to go first. Um, in time, I think so. Now, no. Because you see, Auburn's at a point where the on-field product is still in development. Uh, it's getting there. It, it, will, it will be better in 2023 than it has been in 2022 and 2021. I can confidently say that. But right now, the idea of more SEC football for this team is a scary, scary thought. But in time, I think we could get to a point where I could confidently say, like, hell yeah, like, let's take on the world. But – Kind of to contradict myself, we already have to play Alabama. We already have to play Georgia, uh, Ole Miss, LSU, Arkansas. Definitely all the tougher half. Really the only one of the SEC teams that we don't have on the schedule already who is in that like upper echelons, Tennessee and South Carolina and Florida. So, I mean, I, I can see the argument of like what could it hurt. But for right now, I'm going to say no. Well, it would be going into the 2024 season where it looks like the SEC is not going to have divisions. No more East or West, just top two, just go out in the SEC championship, which is at this moment in time, if that was to happen this year, it'd be either LSU, Georgia, or Alabama. So that'll be conference win percentage, correct? Uh, I, I, yes, I believe so. Okay, and uh, like tiebreakers like, would be just head-to-head or common yep. opponents? Okay. And if there were to be a nine-game season, uh, I believe it would start probably 2024, 2025 with the with the inclusion of Texas, Oklahoma. But they've already decided they're not doing that. But a few coaches have decided they wouldn't mind it, but did not put up big of a big enough of a fight to actually get it. I.e., Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, who said they just want to play. Uh, but yeah, Tar, what, what are your thoughts on the on the nine-game conference schedule? You know, this is an interesting conversation that's really kind of picked up some traction since we heard about it the past couple of days. And with the with the inception of Texas and Oklahoma heading to the SEC. Also, side note, something people aren't talking about. I don't think Texas and Oklahoma for their first two years can compete for an SEC championship. I think that that's the NCAA rule if they're going to jump out of contract. 
but it's not going to matter. They're not going to compete for an SEC championship anyway, so I'll go ahead and tell you that. And, uh, I, really don't, I don't think that matters. But all this to say, I think a nine-game season is – a nine-SEC game season, rather. I think it's a good thing. Auburn specifically, I think it's a good thing. You look at what all is coming in the near future in college football. Let's look at the expansion of the college football playoff. Uh, and, and let's look at what some people call as SEC bias, what I call just straight-up correct judgment in terms of the selection committee for, for the college football playoff. People people come up sideways all the time saying, oh, there's SEC bias, you know, whatever, you're SEC homer. It's just simply – it's simply professional football. It's, it's what it is. And I think actually – if you give every team one more chance to lose, and I know that that's kind of the twisted way Auburn fans are not going to want to think about it. You want to think about it as another chance to win, right? And that cer- certainly can bolster your your resume. But if you give every team in the conference one more chance to lose, A, you kind of free up what could be those, like Daniel mentioned, those those one of having to go to the head-to-head common opponents. And B, you'll have another quality opponent on your resume. We have problems all the time with with SEC teams not scheduling P5 non-con opponents. I mean, it, it, it is a reoccurring issue. There have been years in recent Auburn memory where there was not a non-con P5. And, and, and ultimately, that is detrimental if you want to be in the conversation at the end of the year for a, a college football playoff berth. A conference championships are important now, but you expand the playoff and it doesn't matter as much. I'm not – saying you don't want to win a conference championship. Now you win in the P5 and you're in, probably, more than likely. Whatever the P5, P4, two-conference world looks like here in the next half decade, I think it benefits Auburn tremendously. You operate under the assumption that there will be a couple of maintained rivalries that you'll you'll play every year. I, I, I have a hard time. We talked about this on the show. I have a hard time seeing anyone saying, first off, Auburn's never going to not play Alabama. That's just never going to happen, period. They would have to be literally like COVID on steroids to cancel the Iron Bowl. But more importantly, you'll you'll have a couple of protected rivals. You'll have your arch rival if, in, in, in this scenario, and then rival B, which in my opinion is Georgia. I think just everyone would agree with me there. You mix up the field, so you've got kind of an even distribution of of SEC top to bottom. Which I mean, we we talk about this all the time. There's good competition everywhere in the SEC. I think it helps. I mean, if you draw, if you get a shitty draw that year, so be it. it it's going to be on a rotation. I mean, it's it, it, they're going to have to. You can't just randomize the deck of cards every single year. It doesn't make sense. But in in that regard, you get an extra P5 opponent to either A, grab your bowl eligibility. I know you want to do that against a cupcake. Suck it up, buttercup. This is football. And B, if you're a bubble team, and and let's, let's be honest here, fellas, in recent memories, when Auburn – is in the college football playoff conversation by definition a bubble team, right? If there was such a thing at the time. There certainly is now. There are certainly now bubble teams. It, it helps you. And, and if you get another loss on your record, so be it. I mean, it, at this point, everyone's playing for college football playoff or bust at this level of the, of the game. It's not – we're not in the SOCON playing, you know, we're play, or not, excuse me, we're not in the Sun Belt playing for – Oh, let's who gets to go to the Liberty Bowl this year? And that's nothing wrong with that. I'm not downplaying that. But what I'm saying is these these teams are legitimately jockeying to be in the college football playoff or bust. I think it helps. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree with you there. And you go into the new 12 team playoff lookout, uh, and it's it's going off power five rules as it stands right now. Uh, the first five of uh, the power five guy uh, teams get like automatic bids. Power and five. yeah, the power five champions, they all get bids. And also the top 
Geo 5 team gets a bid as well. So Tulane would have been in this past year's playoff if it were to go into that. So uh, but, how do you how, how do you pick the top group of five team? It's like highest ranked. So okay. Tulane was the highest ranked no matter yeah. what. And so they, they would have been like they would they probably would have been like a six or seven seed more than likely. I think that's how that goes. Or or a twelve seed. I think it just depends on how the rankings really go. Uh, they're just trying to find a way to get Geo five teams in uh, more than more than uh, likely, uh, but yeah, so you went swimmingly the first time. <laughs> Cincinnati played pretty well against Alabama, but just going into just a nine game schedule, yeah, you get to, you get every team about what two one or two years, uh, and and maybe one of those years you'll get like a Vanderbilt, a Florida, who I don't think Florida is uh, as good as probably Florida fans think they are. Uh, Ole Miss fans uh, or Ole Miss in general, I don't think I think yeah, they're competitive. Going taking strays at Ole Miss. <laughs> well, if you get a year where you have to play Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, who are probably going to be your three mainstays of any schedule, no matter how it gets fixed, you also have to mix in that you're going to get different uh, home and away games against different teams. Like one year, you can have an, a home a home and home with Vanderbilt, and if you can find a way to play Alabama, lose only one or two of the games with Alabama through Georgia and LSU. Auburn can get nine wins out of like a Vanderbilt, uh, Oklahoma. I don't think is where they uh, where they usually are at all. Texas is a, a wishy washy team. Tennessee, we don't know if they're here to stay just yet. South Carolina is the same way. I mean, you you could sneak in a few more of those wins, and uh, I mean, with a twelve team playoff, Auburn can sneak into that as well with a nine game conference schedule. Because if Auburn finishes what third or fourth in the SEC, you can't keep that team out of the playoff. No, you can't. Speaking of Texas, just super quickly, verbal meme. I just need a verbal meme real quick. In recent years, this is true. Someone needs to make, and I want it to be one of the College Loop fans, uh, this is going to be fantastic, and I'm going to use this this football season. I need the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other where it's Tennessee and Texas. Um, I, because those two programs, aside from the fact that they both start with a T, they're both UT. Uh, aside from that, their recent track record, that tracks. That is a good verbal meme in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I think Heichel's doing a great job, and he could completely de- debunk that. But, like, Tennessee, Texas is going to feel right. Just, that's <laughs> a side note. That's going to feel correct. They they should definitely both wear their home jerseys for the for the games. Oh, you'll still know who's who. Yeah, one's a bright orange, and the other one's a really dark, weird-looking orange. One's an ugly orange. The other one is also an ugly orange. There you go. It's truly remarkable. <laughs> And whoever whoever wins that gets to be UT for that year. The other one has to be UTA or UTK. Now, who do we need to call to make that happen? Uh, I uh, Greg Sankey. I I'm down. I'm very down. I, that, but, I know this, this is an Auburn podcast, but I will yeah. say I think Tennessee right now is probably in a better spot uh, mentally, physically, uh, athletically than Texas in football at the very least. Sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, and again, McDonald's are awesome in Knoxville. Anyways. <laughs> And I, move on. I did want to touch base before you before we move, move forward. Oh, yeah. I should, I should yeah, talk, talk one more one more piece here. In a nine game slate, do you see? I mean, obviously the SEC is is a transfer portal hotbed for a given reason, and and a location that other schools want want to move into. Does that open the door for continued expansion? I think it does. Just because of the number of games, therefore you can rotate out more opponents. I'm looking at you, Clemson. I, I, I am. There's a lot of smoke, and, and, and it would make sense. Fellas, I'm, I'm actually going to start Daniel. I'm going to start with you again. Just, just an immediate reaction there, and I, I understand that I kind of impromptu threw this at you. But does a nine-game SEC slate open the door for a continual expansion? 
Um, hmm. That that's interesting. Uh, I would say so. Um, just because you're already playing more games, um, I feel like that would just kind of spread the, open the conversation to add another opponent in there. Uh, what I think will have more of an effect on it is once um, USC and UCLA hit the road and join the Big Ten. Um, I feel like that would be more likely to spur some movement um, over just I, – I know you asked me if, if the nine-game schedule would, but I definitely think there's an avenue that would get us to that point, but I'm not sure if the nine-game schedule is particularly it. I think it helps. Dylan, I want to get your thoughts because I also, I also don't think that this is the final version of the SEC. Oh, I don't think it is at all. And, and I thought it was funny that the first thing you brought up when you ever brought Transfer Portal Hotspot, I'm going to go ahead and bring up Chancellor Anthony real quick just because that's our 40th transfer. When you talk about Transfer Portal Hotspots, Clemson is nowhere near the first team to come to mind. They brought no, in like two transfers in 10 years. I wasn't necessarily talk, talking about Clemson in specific. But you, you know what I mean? I mean, like, we know yeah. that this is a hot desk. The SEC is the place to be. It's semi-professional football. Like, yeah, and, and you, think about, you think about future expansion of the SEC and a potential 20-team SEC. I, I would assume the first four teams to get called up are going to be either Clemson, Florida State, possibly Miami, and I think one of the North Carolina teams would definitely be the first teams you'd call up. Uh, and if you want to go steal some from the Big Ten, I mean, Ohio State was picking up phone calls from Greg Sankey. Uh, I mean, it's no longer the Southeastern Conference anymore at that point. It's just, <laughs> I don't know what you'd call it. Well, um, and I, and I think that I think Texas Tech would be interested, and in, I think that they bring it up to the table on, on, the, on other sports that I think that that would be a, a phone call worth having in, in, all, in all honesty. And partying, too. Uh, Lubbock is a very big party city as well. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think whenever you bring up the nine-game conference schedule, that, that screams revenue. Uh, and if there's one thing that schools care about more than winning, it, it, it's money. Uh, and if you bring in a Clemson, a, a Clemson-Auburn game would sell out every time. Uh, Auburn-Miami, Auburn-Florida State, because just the the historical factor of just those teams playing against each other all the time would just sell out no matter what. It, it could be 3-9, and 3-9 and nine playing each other, or 3-8, and 3-8, and eight, which are that going on. It, it would bring in a lot more revenue and that alone makes it more appealing to like the Miamis who, I mean, Auburn or the SEC already has, I think four of the top 10 most uh, like the richest uh, athletic programs in the, in the country. Five now that you add Texas. Well, Texas, Texas and Texas are number one and two. I think Alabama is up there, uh, Georgia and uh, maybe Florida. I think. Yeah, we're going to have to review those brand, the, those numbers that you were looking at because we're looking at different lists. But continue. Yeah, I just know Texas, Texas A and M are one and two, and it's just because you know Texas. Uh, but there's a lot more SEC teams going in there, and I think you fill out the entire SEC outside of Vanderbilt in the top like twenty, twenty five. Uh, Missouri, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I Mizzou, the, the intern that picked up my headgear goes to Mizzou, so good for her. I mean, I respect Mizzou. Uh, I best. didn't. I didn't have talking about Missouri on my bingo board today, but I said Mizzou. There we go. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, yeah, like it's just going to go off, just reiterate everything. I think it would definitely benefit everybody if with a nine-game schedule. And, again, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and North Carolina would all be your first four phone calls made more than likely to beef up all sports because North Carolina is really good at basketball. And baseball. And baseball. Uh, but just continue all the new, to go on with the, the news. Uh, Derek Hall signs his deal with the Seattle Seahawks. Four years, $9.116 million. 
And what I've been reading about this contract, it seems like they drafted a first round pick in the second round is how this contract sounds to me because the money uh, it stretch, the guaranteed money stretches into his final season of his contract. Uh, Hall will be paid at least 7.2 million dollars contract guaranteed signing bonus base salaries for the 2023, 24 and 25 seasons and a hundred thousand of 2026 is $1.9 million salary. And I think it calls for him to receive 85% of a signing bonus before he reports the training camp next month and unusually high rate for his position in the draft. And I read that from AL.com. Uh, just Derek Hall is going to be a stud. Uh, just reiterating that I will, I, I would, every episode I will say Derek Hall is going to be a stud in the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks seem to agree with that fact because they are paying him first round money for getting a steal in the second round. Agree. I mean, I'm really excited to see him in that, in that Seattle defense. Uh, and I would love to get one of those lime, get a lime green <laughs> Derek Hall jersey. That, that'd be sick. Nice. Talk to me. Nice. <laughs> and let's see, rounding out the news, it seems like Hugh Freeze has the number one player in the state of Alabama considering flipping his commitment from the University of Alabama. Uh, Jalen, uh, Daniel, what was it again? Mbake. Mbake. There we go. Five-star cornerback has been a Bama commit since July of 2022, but in a recent interview with Auburn Undercover, it looks like he he he's really looking into what Hugh Freeze has going on in the Plains, and it, it looks like it sounds like he really wanted to go to Auburn when Gus Malzahn was here, but then you know a certain coach in between Gus Malzahn and and uh, Hugh Freeze kind of pushed him off yes, of the Auburn idea. Yes, <laughs> and I mean he's also looking to run track as well, uh, so. And I don't know. I don't know the stances between Auburn and Alabama's track programs. Uh, but I know they're Auburn's about the same. Team. Yeah. So it's really about where does he does, does he want to start year one? Because number one corner in the state of Alabama, one of the top ones in this class. That looks that sounds like a starter to me. Uh, Probably. Yeah. And he says he Auburn has a chance to flip, and he will be back in July for Big Cat Weekend, which That's is big the time. biggest biggest time to be an Auburn recruit right there. Big time. And, yeah. And just to wrap up the football, it's a special little announcement starting next Tuesday, we will be doing our a weekly game by game prediction for the season coming up, starting with UMass on Tuesday and on Thursdays, we're doing a position by position, by position breakdown as well. Don't know what position we're going to start off with first, but let's just hope and pray that Auburn is finally done with the 2023 class. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Okay, time for Bagman with Firestorf. Well, not quite. We got basketball first. And the, yeah. uh, I think that... Day, or Colin, who's your bag man? If you want to go ahead and just do that, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down, Colin. If it plays now, if it plays, you want to play now? Yeah, I'll play now. Okay, well, we, we have to do the proper intro. You stay here. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave. No, it's fine. I can okay, leave. Okay, great, great. All right, be gone. Be gone. 
right. It's time for In His Bag. In His Bag. In His Bag with Byersdorf. Bring him on in. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> that was so bad. It, Dylan, that hurt my feelings. That was not me. They worked really hard on that. No, Dylan, You're just going to no. shoot it down like that? Oh, Dylan, yeah. yeah. Your feelings it needs more work. Back in the gym. I think it's perfect. I got to be honest. Colin, do you like it? I like it. Okay, good. Yeah, we, that's all. <laughs> all right. Well, Colin, who is in their hypothetical bag right now? Um, I'm trying to be like Ike. Ike Irish has blown up the Auburn baseball scene this year. He just got tabbed as a an All-American freshman list, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So he, he started all 58 games for the Tigers this season as a freshman, which is crazy. And he popped on quick. He was batting like almost 500 going into SEC play. And he was just everywhere for the Tigers this season. He kind of like transformed himself halfway through, I felt. Like he was hitting, hitting bombs to begin the season. And then now he's hitting – for average, he's doing everything the team wants. He's getting hits in critical situations, and he plays catcher. I feel like people look overlooked that at him playing DH this year. This is Auburn's future catcher out here hitting 400 like on a season, and that's something that Auburn has desperately needed the past couple of years is a catcher that can hit. And it, it, it looks like they have found that. It would definitely be a breath of fresh air to see a catcher uh, get hey, hits hey, consistently, up. consistently get hits. I'm about to say, only one here allowed, that is allowed to speak down on on my boy Nate Larue is me, and I owe him my apology. My man, my man figured it out coming down the stretch. I'm super Nate proud. Nate hit to the end of the season. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super proud of him, and I really hope that MLB scouts took notice. Like someone can fix that swing because he's a really talented defensive catcher. Well, what is it? He's no, like he's, he's one of the best. He's a right he's a right-handed batter, but he's a left eye left eye dynamic. Left they can if he, they can teach him to hit lefty. <laughs> but I th- he joins uh, the likes of Eduardo Julian as a former Auburn freshman All-American as well. That's right. So Eduardo Julian of the Minnesota Twins. Big up. Stephen Williams. That's right. That too. I tried to go far back and see how many have actually been there, but the article I saw only landed like four. All right. Well, I wanted all 20. on the screen for too long. So let's – goodbye, Colin. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. <laughs> let's go over to the, the hardwood now, Dylan. No? Yep, uh, talking about Cheney Wilson for or Cheney Johnson for a little bit from Huntsville, not Huntington. Like I said so much on this show, uh, he has won Alabama's Small College Athlete of the Year. Uh, I believe averaging sixteen point two points a game at Huntsville. Yeah, no, I, I, I was, I'll read out the stat line real quick, and then I have a little bit of commentary. I'll let Daniel talk about how he fits in to to this Bruce Pearl scheme. If Daniel's cool with that, uh, here in just a second. Uh, his his numbers from just a year ago, which by the way, I've got a little, I got a little editorializer. Uh, I got an editorializer in a second, but uh, I guess let, let's just go career stats real quick. You'll see 80, 88 games played, 67 starts, just over nineteen hundred minutes. Uh, let's see, he's got a field goal percentage of five thirty eight, solid career three uh, three point percentage of thirty seven two. Auburn fans will take that number. Had a little bit of a down year in 2022 to 23. Only shot 28.9 from the from, from beyond the arc. Yeah, you'll take that. In 21 to 22, he shot 464 behind the arc, and it's not that he didn't put up shots. He put up 68 of them. I mean, it's not that he didn't take shots. Like it's it. This is this is impressive. That all that to say, and, and listen, all any any academic or, or or athletic honors for that matter, either way, are impressive honors. 
Alabama's small college athlete of the year. Honest to God, this is a new one to me. This is a new one. And I'm here for it. I'm, I'm pumped for him. I really am. But, like, that's that's a new one for me. So, so Daniel, uh, give, give me some, some feed in about how he fits into this Bruce Pearl scheme in 2023. Um, well, we'll just kind of start from the beginning. The card room has a few open seats. Um, so instantly there's that. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to see him in starting lineup or not. Um, probably. Okay. Yeah. No, I I didn't think so, but just kind of wanted to test the waters and see how you guys thought about that. Um, not that I'm scared to make my own opinions. So six foot seven, uh, he'll definitely be a help grabbing rebounds. He won't be a solid little guard. So, um, I don't know how he fits in from that perspective. Chaney Johnson, you are an Auburn Tiger. Uh, let's move forward and kind of wrap this thing up. It, I've, I've enjoyed it tonight, guys. It's been it's been a ton of fun. Uh, Daniel, let everybody know where they can find you, love you, and support you. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. I would love to talk to you all. Um, so just hit me up there. You can check out my written work at Auburn Wire. I've got some very exciting recruiting stuff coming out in the next few days. Yeah, my name is Harrison Tarr. You can find me at my, my Harrison Tarr on the Bird app. I will be honest, I'm not on it a whole lot right now. It's not the personal. I'm actually, I'm doing well. Thank you guys so much for reaching out. There was actually a good number of you guys, by the way, that listened to the show. And I, I, I forgot to mention that on the Tuesday show. Thank you guys so much that, that did reach out and, and check up on me. I, that meant the world to me. You guys are such a special community, and we appreciate the hell out of y'all. Um, like I said, I'm at Bayer Star the Bird app. If you want to check out any of my work there. If you want to check out some of the cool production stuff we got going on, we're unveiling our 80s jersey for the Naked Bacon this week. I designed it myself. I'm pretty, pretty pumped about it. I'm really, really excited for how that turned out. Uh, so you can check us out at Go Make a Bacon on all socials. Uh, and I, guys, I'm so proud of that 80s jersey. It is so cool. I will definitely show you guys a picture if I haven't showed you already. So, Dylan, yeah. let's get out of here. And uh, unofficially, Tara will be getting me a free jersey, hopefully. Maybe, hopefully. I didn't. I designed it. And I didn't get a free jersey. I had to buy it. So no. <laughs> well, that sucks. Well, it I'm does suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dylan Lark at you, boy. The tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just like right there. Well, we'll we'll right there. You can just still take a little screenshot and copy and paste it if you can't spell it. But if you're listening, it's at y a b o y the tank. Go follow the College Loop on social media. You got us on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. No MySpace, but a thousand subs will get one. We're also getting real close to Daniel the Dance on TikTok. I think in about 35 sub, subs is what I think the number is at right now. That's I know, man. We're getting close. We're getting real close. I forgot my part. I forgot my part. Right? Like, subscribe. 25, 25, 25, 35 is. We got our degrees. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, subscribe, ring the bell. But if it's a good question, you will be featured on the show as well and if you want to listen to us of course you got us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and amazon music and with all that being said it's been the college loop podcast